0: Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 46th-ever episode of The Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle?
1: Never better in my entire life. How are you, Cameron? Wow,
0: that's that's a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm doing well. Uh, Today is actually my fourth wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. Congratulations. And I'm spending it with you, talking about Mizzou.
1: You wouldn't have it any other way, would no. you? I didn't
0: think so. Um, yeah, I kind of just... We've got uh, other plans uh, for our anniversary, so I was like, well, we're going to have to schedule around the podcast.
1: <laughs> it's a big priority in both of our lives, definitely.
0: <laughs> um, I feel like we've got a lot of news to talk about since it uh, has been two weeks since we last spoke. But obviously, I feel like the, main, the biggest story since our last episode was the NBA draft. Uh, so we'll cover that specifically uh, regarding jonte porter but first let's jump into some news because we do have some football news um it seems like basketball dominates the news cycle like year-round nowadays so we gotta insert football in there because that is the next sport coming up um where do you want to start here because we got some uh commitments that we can talk about a little bit Mm -hmm. um if we should probably go reverse uh, or just go chronologically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we'll start with uh with came uh, Billingsley. He w- he committed literally like the day after we we recorded our last podcast, but um yeah, we we've had a lot of recruiting momentum definitely in the last uh probably month really. Um it seems like it's just been a really interesting June because the the, recru- the recruiting cycle has just kind of moved back a couple of months. Uh, from where it's been in the past because of the national signing day kind of being in the big day being in December now instead of February so definitely uh, seeing the effects of that um, with so many commitments happening in June now it used to be one of the most silent months of the year but anyway so uh, yeah this the first one we'll talk about uh, Kayvon Billingsley is a big defensive end from the St. Louis area and uh, I was definitely excited about this one because it, it just kind of seems like the stereotypical recruit that we have been fighting for for it's the kind of good guy that we fight for all recruiting cycle and then lose at the very end or something. You know, he's just a uh, a highly ranked guy out of St. Louis, which obviously in the past has been a, a tough place to land people from. Uh, but it definitely seemed like uh, at least maybe kind of watching him on Twitter and stuff like that. It seemed like he was noticing the momentum and wanted to be a part of what was happening here. Um, And so by the time he committed, I don't think anyone was super surprised, but it's definitely still a big win for uh, Mizzou.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We always talk about committable offers and stuff like that, but according to the internet, he had offers from Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, and Oklahoma.
1: It's about as good as you can get. Yep. Yeah, I think he was definitely um, a a super highly ranked player um, whenever they first kind of started making rankings for his class because he just had... is a guy that showed a lot of potential early on um, was, was a big guy or you know from the start, and so you know, a lot of times I feel like rivals and other services make their uh, recruiting rankings based on potential, obviously, when they're at such a young age. So uh, he kind of fell a little bit in the rankings over the last year or two, but uh, I don't think anyone is, is too worried about that.
0: And of course, another, like you said, St. Louis area recruit, and it's worth noting that in 2017 and 2018, Missouri. Uh, according to this article I'm reading, did not sign any recruits from the St. Louis area. Yeah. And that's, it's just insane to think about the uh, turnaround from just last year to this year. Um, I don't know if it's sustainable necessarily. I don't know if, you know, uh, every year for the rest of eternity, we just need to expect, you know, half a dozen guys before July Mm -hmm. uh, from the St. Louis area. That's probably not realistic, but I'll take it as long as it'll last.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's all about building relationships, and uh, it feel, really felt like Barry Odom right from the start of his tenure really came in and wanted to build relationships with the with the influencers in St. Louis, and we kind of saw that happen. Um, I, I feel like I remember kind of seeing it start around the, the Tiger Ten era, mm-hmm. and um, you know some of the coaches at like Luther North and East St. Louis, and, and some of those schools, and obviously didn't pay off at first, but. Um, it takes a few recruiting cycles for those kind of relationships to to sink in and it seems like that's definitely happening finally
0: uh, next guy I've got on my list is Cooper Davis uh, another defensive lineman um, I lost my article about him
1: yeah he's uh, a, he's like a six six defensive end um, he grew up in Lee Summit. Uh, so but he currently resides in Florida so it's kind of an in-state recruit kind of not um, grew up rooting for Mizzou so kind of his dream school to, uh, to play for the home team I guess if you want to refer to it as the home team so that, that's definitely always always cool to see uh, some of those guys kind of fulfill their dreams of a team they've always wanted to play for uh,
0: according to the interwebs offers on him from uh, from West Virginia Louisville Tennessee Nebraska so,
1: yeah, it, it, same thing with, uh, with all these guys is, you know, something we just haven't seen in the past, it right. is, is Missouri beating out uh, schools that are kind of, you know, on the same, you know, playing field as them, I guess, if you want to, if you want to think about it that way as far as the prestige and, of schools and, you know, that kind of thing, but, you know, it's, it doesn't seem like, at least in this point in the recruiting cycle, we're beating out Bowling Green and Eastern Kentucky for right. guys who are actually, you yeah. know, going up against, you know, Power Five schools to beat out recruits, so that's certainly can't be a bad thing.
0: Next one I have is Elijah Young. Um what can you tell me about him? Running he, back?
1: Running back from Tennessee, I think he's from Knoxville actually, ironically. Uh, but super speedy, quick guy. Um, which I, I really like what Mizzou's doing in the class with the running backs because I think he was a nice compliment to uh, the commitment that we already have from Dominique Johnson who's kind of the big bruiser type so um, it's almost like a uh, uh, like a round tree, Tyler Beatty mix you know where you right. kind of got one, one big bruiser or and, and uh, one speedy quick guy who's going to uh, hopefully catch to the defense uh, whenever they're still recovering from uh,
0: getting run over exactly yeah, yeah. Um, and then probably the one that I'm most excited about is a Juco transfer uh, wide receiver Maurice Wren Um, just like measurables alone and I'm always a fan of just stockpiling wide receivers because I feel like you never really know what you're going to get I feel like guys can develop from nothing in high school if they just have the, the physicals and then become stars at the college level um, with the right development. So I think it's always a good idea, like I said, to just stockpile those guys and uh, see who develops and see yeah. who has that just kind of raw, natural ability.
1: Right, and this guy's certainly developed, and I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of impact he makes because he's kind of a, could be high-risk, high-reward kind of guy. I mean, he may just be a special teams player, or he or he might be a super impactful guy on the field as a wide receiver or tight end. Honestly, I have no idea where this guy is. You know, it's, it fits in, in in that way. So I think he's got all the potential in the world to be to be a super impactful player. though. but he's a JUCO transfer, so he just has two years. But uh, obviously, could have a chance to make a big uh, difference if o, uh leaves after this year, which I assume he certainly will. So yeah, most likely.
0: Uh, big guy too, 6'4", 220 So mm-hmm. yeah, he could kind of be that hybrid wide receiver tight end sort of position. Right. Especially once he gets in the weight room at the zoo. Yeah,
1: it's it's always just so fun to see uh, how these guys develop on on the on the field. Whenever you kind of follow them in their recruiting process and you get excited about their commitment and uh, kind of check out their film and all that stuff, so you kind of follow them through all this all, their their journey. And it's so even though you're just a spectator, it still just feels so rewarding to oh, yeah. to see them succeed on the field. So yeah, excited about all these guys. I think all of them obviously have enormous potential to uh, to be really good players at Mizzou.
0: And, I mean, we're going to just, the commitments are going to keep rolling in, it seems like. I mean, there's been rumors of uh, some commitments on the horizon. You see uh, some of the incoming players tweeting cryptic emojis and stuff like that, and you just know that there's a lot of guys that are making their decisions right now. They're seeing guys find... Uh, spots at the next level, and they're just thinking, okay, probably time for me to go ahead and commit. So right, I, we're nowhere near done, and that's exciting in itself. Just to see the quality of class that's being built right now, knowing that there's so much time left.
1: Right, it's uh, there are definitely some uh, legitimate sources that tend to think there's some silent commits out there. Maybe some guys who have told the zoo they're coming and just haven't announced it yet. Um, and yeah, like you said, uh, the momentum's going strong. When once recruits realize, like my spot may not be safe. I need to jump on board right now mm-hmm. before somebody takes my spot. So we're definitely seeing that happen right now, I think. And it's it's a great thing for, for Missouri, definitely.
0: All right, uh, staying with football, but switching gears just a little bit. Um, I thought it was really cool that they released a bunch of new pictures of the South End Zone project, um, complete with a, uh, I was gonna, <laughs> I can't remember the exact terminology, but is a, oh a, like a hydrotherapy room yeah. it's basically like a big uh, kiddie pool that <laughs> the players can sit in
1: was that the one that on the renderings says like sports center like the old sport, sports center logo on the little screens
0: in the pool ah uh, yeah I think so I just
1: happened to see that like this afternoon I just happened to look at it but, but yeah the it the looks f- so fantastic
0: they've got pictures of an almost finished uh, weight room and uh locker room and it's just like
1: it's like some cool like club
0: type areas yeah. and stuff for fans and
1: Some of those high-brow people <laughs> oh, really? It looks like definitely. But definitely I would love to I don't know if this will ever happen But I'd love to take a tour of it and just get to experience that that cool facility because
0: it, it looks it We'll looks have to wonderful. throw our media credentials around and oh, see yeah. what we can pull. Oh,
1: yeah <laughs>
0: um, Last thing about football I Thought it was very interesting, and Twitter was kind of a buzz over the um, the over under for total wins for the football team for this next season. It was at six point five at one point, and basically all Mizzou fans and even non Mizzou fans were saying, "This is free money." Uh, try to. Play. <laughs> I saw people on Twitter saying, obviously jokingly, that they were getting a new mortgage on their house and uh, liquefying all their assets so that they could put all of their money on this bet.
1: Yeah, I I was actually dumbfounded by by what I was looking at. And I actually uh, looked at it maybe like a day after it was kind of blowing up and it had already gone up to seven uh, seven wins. But, I, you know, normally I would trust Vegas. Like sometimes it's just like they, they know something I don't or something, but I can't wrap my mind around why that win total was so low here. And it just seems like that like everybody was saying, was just an absolute automatic win for anybody that bet the over.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've ever since the new schedule came out, you know, you always just kinda go through it and think about in your head wins and losses and man, it just seems like a seven win season would be pretty close to a disaster oh, for yeah. this team. Yeah. And would be really disappointing for fans.
1: I mean it's the the schedule's about as favorable as you could possibly get in an S E C setting and just looking at Mizzou's team, obviously with what's returning and and uh, what we've got at quarterback and everything, and it just seems like things are moving in the right direction. And a seven-win season, like you said, would be a huge disappointment. I wonder
0: if Vegas maybe like makes a splash. Sometimes they're like, uh, nobody cares about Mizzou football. Nobody's going to bet on this anyway. We'll make it a little too low, and then raise it up once we get people's interest. Yeah, because I feel like seven and a half would be like. If I was posing the question to you, mm-hmm. I still feel like almost everybody would take the over on seven and a half. I still do too. Yeah,
1: I think I would as well. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked if Mizzou could win ten games this year, and I think that anything less than eight or nine would be would be disappointing.
0: Yeah, it definitely, it definitely shapes up as a an eight-win season would be basically. I don't know. Expected right at this point, so
1: and you never know. I mean, there could be some teams on our schedule this year that are just randomly better than they're supposed to be, or something. I don't know, but at this point, just at a, a bird's eye view, it looks like this should be a eight to ten win season. For yeah, me. six and a
0: half is a pretty crazy number. So, yeah. unfortunately, I think if you live in the state of Missouri, you don't really have much options as far as betting uh, something like that. Unless I have never tried, so I don't know how that works exactly. but I know I, I can't play online poker in Missouri, so I don't I could make any sports bets right now.
1: Yeah, they gotta verify your location, so <laughs> I think that's where you would uh, run into a wall.
0: Probably so. Um, anything else football related before we move on to basketball? I think it does it? Well, we obviously are going to talk about the NBA draft, but first I want to talk about just some general news things um, on the Mizzou side of things. Michael Porter Senior reportedly. Interviewed uh, for a head coaching job. Remind me where that was? Lindenwood. Um, But they just very recently announced their new head coach. It is not Michael Porter Sr. So still don't know exactly what his future is with Mizzou, but I I just kind of thought it was interesting that he, that any team reached out to him for a head coaching position. I mean, of course he's going to interview for something like that. I don't think anybody at Mizzou would hold it against him to kind of explore that opportunity but I think maybe it kind of gave a wake-up call to some of the people that just thought that he was at Missouri because of Michael and Jonte, and obviously that had a lot to do with it but if a team is trying to get him to be their next head coach I mean obviously he has some coaching talent.
1: Sure I think he's got some some coaching talent and I do definitely think that I don't even know if he'd be in coaching, honestly. If it weren't for his the rest of his family, that's obviously pure speculation on my part. Uh, it w- I think it would be interesting to see him in a head coaching role, and I can't blame him for wanting to explore. I think maybe some Mizzou fans were confused to why he might be uh, looking to, I, I guess not downgrade is a weird word, but to but to go down. I don't even know what one is like D two or something.
0: But that's how it works. I mean, you don't go yeah. from you don't typically go from an assistant coach. Right at one level, went, straight to a head coach at the same level. Right,
1: and he'd be taking a pay cut in year one, but obviously in the long run, with his future uncertainty uh, at Mizzou, we don't know how much longer he's going to be collecting a, a nice paycheck from Mizzou. So right. obviously he's looking to the future, and you can't blame him for wanting to uh, to be a head coach if if coaching is truly what uh, he feels like he's called to.
0: Yeah, and honestly, just obviously, I don't know much about him personally but just from looking at the coaching staff he seems like the head coach type like i don't don't know he seems more of like the recruiter and um just kind of head of a program that can sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for like just kind of keep the peace. Yeah. Mean, maybe. And I don't know. I, I can see what you're saying. Have just people working under him that are kind of doing the dirty work, yeah. and he's just kind of delegating, you know, responsibilities. He right. seems like that kind of guy.
1: Right. Have the people under him making all the, uh, under the table deals and all that stuff. Is that what you're talking about?
0: Uh, That's dirty work. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. thinking more like, uh, installing an offense and defense <laughs> and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. He, he definitely seems like maybe the administrator type rather than, the the X and O's kind of guy. Uh, And I think that's probably what he's doing right now for Mizzou. He's probably, uh, I don't know, keeping the locker room stable. And uh, honestly, I don't really know what what he's doing. But I'm sure he's being used in a positive way.
0: Um, I want to talk about some uh, former Mizzou players because the NBA Summer League is right around the corner. And two guys that obviously we know a lot about, Jordan Barnett and Cassius Robertson, They are both going to be playing in the Summer League. Jordan Barnett for the Spurs organization and Cassius Robertson for the Charlotte Hornets. So if you are able to catch any of those games on NBA TV or on their website or whatever, um, look for those guys. And then also the most noteworthy Summer League team is going to be the Denver Nuggets Summer League because Michael Porter Jr. is going to make his debut um, here in a few days with the Summer League.
1: I, I think I've said on this podcast before I really love the Summer League uh, just as an event. I think it's super fun to follow and uh, just to see these guys coming out of college and trying to get their spot on the team and there's obviously a lot of names that you recognize so I'm maybe more excited about this Summer League than I've ever have been before though so I just I'm so anxious to see what Michael Porter Jr. looks like when he comes back with such an incredibly strange last year or two. Uh, I, I really hope one hundred percent that he's that he's back and uh, like his old former self. It'd be great to see.
0: There's a lot of NBA reporters. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski with ESPN, probably the most respected NBA reporter there is, is really high on him and says that he's been hearing a lot of positive stuff from the Nuggets organization. Um, I think it's definitely possible that he could come out and just dominate the summer league. But you know, with him the last two years, it's just been. Question marks after question marks. So right. it's really hard to predict what's going to happen there.
1: Right. I, I don't think I've seen a, a more talented high school prospect maybe ever. Like just the way he could move for you know six eleven and he could shoot. And he could. Yeah, I mean, he could literally do everything. Mm-hmm. And I I thought that before he was coming to Mizzou. You know, he just he was truly an incredible prospect. Yeah. When
0: we when we just knew that he was going to Washington, it was like man that would have been something you know we were always that was just one of the biggest ones that got away you know of in Mizzou basketball because his dad being the coach at the university on the women's side it was just like how did we how did we let this happen how did we let him go to Washington Kim Anderson yeah that's why <laughs> that's how
1: but I and I just with all the weird stuff with Jonte we're going to talk about it later but I just felt like this this family needs some good news uh, and Michael Porter Jr. just needs to needs to perform well in this summer league um, and it, it'll be good for Mizzou, it'll be good for their family and obviously it'll be good for him, so I, I would love to uh, to see him have a nice bounce back.
0: And we're talking about a Nuggets team that uh, was the top seed in the West this past year yeah, in imagine, the NBA. So,
1: imagine adding a healthy MPJ to yeah. uh, a good team.
0: I talk about a bench scorer that could come in and be a spark plug or a microwave, just heat up and pour in some buckets, that would be really good for them as a team.
1: Yep. He's got all the tools to be a, uh, a superstar in this league, so it would be cool to watch him and hope, hope him uh, the best.
0: Uh, okay, moving on to the NBA draft. So, I always get excited about the NBA draft, even though, just like with any professional draft that takes too long you know you get all excited about it that first pick and then you're like okay especially in the NBA when you know basically what the first four picks are going to be and it, it ends up that way a lot in the NFL too not as much this past season but the picks just take forever you know you want it to be like your fantasy league or your video game drafts where it's just pick 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 yeah. pick and you you have to sit there and listen to some sometimes cringy uh, analysis of NBA guys that didn't really watch much college basketball, but um, I thought it was kind of exciting this year. The SEC was all over the draft. Um, Obviously, the letdown of Jonte not getting drafted kind of put a damper on things, but um, there were a few that I just wanted to point out. Uh, Darius Garland, after basically not playing his freshman year at Vanderbilt, uh, going fifth overall to the Cavs, who had just taken Colin Sexton the year before. I thought that was kind of an interesting one, but I, there was a lot of people that were really high on Garland, like as the draft came closer, and he was kind of dictating what he was doing as far as like working out for teams and stuff. So obviously his camp felt really good about his draft prospect. So really cool for him. Um, obviously Vanderbilt's always going to be wondering what if he had stayed healthy um, in a very similar way that we have the last two seasons, but
1: yeah, I mean they still went. To- Oh and whatever. So yeah. obviously, they, I mean, it was not like they were gonna like win the championship or something, but yeah. definitely would have probably seen their season go a different way with such a dynamic. And player. maybe
0: not, might not have moved on from their head coach. That's
1: I mean, it's true. Yeah, you really do have to wonder about his future if what it would have looked like um, if Darius Garland would have been there. But uh, yeah, we we watched Darius Garland his senior year of high school live at the Tournament Champions and might have been the most impressive performance I've ever seen from anyone at that event and I've seen a lot of games there he was just draining everything didn't like nobody could stop him even the yeah. teams with you know other highly ranked prospects nobody could stop him so yeah I was looking forward to see him play definitely in college but I still think he's going to be perfectly fine he'll be he'll be a really great player in the NBA yeah
0: I do you think it's kind of weird that they took two point guards back-to-back years yeah. in the top five. Yeah, are
1: they at this point just giving up on Colin Sexton? No, I, I think they're going
0: to try to play them both together. I don't know what
1: kind of year Sexton had. Uh,
0: he did okay. Um, he didn't blow anybody away, but I think they're going to try to play them together and just play... Either one of them can play off the ball some. Uh, Garland probably a little bit more so. So I think they're going to go for that anyway. They're definitely in rebuild, play young guys mode, so we'll see. Um... Kentucky and Tennessee both had incredibly good showings. Um, Kentucky, uh, PJ Washington went 12th overall to the Hornets. And then right after that, Tyler Hero went 13th to Miami. And then a little bit later, Keldon Johnson went to the Spurs with the 29th pick. So um, I think if you would asked me beforehand, um, first of all, I didn't know who Tyler Hero was before the start of the college basketball season. Um, but I definitely would have thought that Keldon Johnson would have been more like that 13th pick definitely. and not Tyler Hero. That surprised me as well. Uh, Tennessee getting uh, Grant Williams... Or Grant Williams getting picked up by the Celtics um, with the 22nd pick. And then Admiral Admiral Sofield went 42nd overall to the Wizards. And then one of the last picks of the entire draft was Jordan Bone. Uh, he went through a couple trades and will end up playing... Uh, for the Pistons if he can make that roster so that legendary Tennessee team um, Grant Williams obviously the best on that team left early but them getting three guys drafted is just that's pretty incredible mm-hmm. for them where they had been the, the past five years before that
1: yeah considering none of them were very highly ranked yeah at any point really in high school or anything uh, what do you think Tennessee is going to look like next year
0: I mean, they've got, they've got some decent recruiting re- momentum. Um, and with Rick Barnes, I mean, every time that we've kind of underestimated him, he, I mean, Tennessee was picked in the way down in the bottom half of the SEC two years ago, and they surprised everyone. So I think he's kind of built a program that can sustain that upper third of the standings year in and year out. I mean, the success that his teams have had the last two seasons have brought in better recruits yeah. than any of these guys when they first came to campus. Yeah,
1: definitely could be a little bit of a, re- a rebuilding year. I mean, all three of those guys are just super special guys. So uh, they could take a little step backward, but never know.
0: One that surprised me quite a bit was Daniel Gafford dropping all the way to 38th overall, He yeah. Chicago. We always were talking about him the last two seasons as a first-round first round pick. Um,
1: that was probably one of the craziest stories of this entire draft, honestly. Just, yeah, him being a, a, almost like a lottery pick last year and deciding to come back to Arkansas uh, for year two, which honestly is like prime example of if you're, if you've got a good opportunity after your first year of college, you should probably just yeah. take it and go on as much as, you know, I understand playing in college is probably super fun and it's probably a great experience, but if you're really thinking about the best decision for yourself, you probably need to take the opportunity when it's there. Because... But guys, guys
0: probably think that they will improve. I mean, they have the competitive mindset when they get feedback, and it's like, yeah, you're probably looking at late lottery to you know, end of the first round at the very worst. They're thinking, okay, well, I can go back to school and dominate right. and improve that draft stock and be a top five pick.
1: Right, and that's understandable, but I also. Th- I think probably some players may not realize w- the criteria that that draft selections are being made on, and a lot of its potential. Mm-hmm. And the younger you are, a right. lot of times the more valuable you're going to be. And so once almost you, the more unknown you are, exactly, you know the, the more, better, yeah, right. And so when, when you come back for your second year, and you're you know you're I mean Daniel Gafford's still a great player, but I mean he was kind of just well we already knew we could do that, so. I, I feel like he just didn't really do anything to show that he had developed as much as...
0: Yeah, he was basically the same player two years in a row. Yeah. And when NBA teams saw that, I think that they just kind of backed off a little bit. Right. Um, don't have to spend too much time on these last few guys, but uh, George's Nick Claxton was another surprise. He went 31st uh, to Brooklyn. The Celtics picked up Tremont Waters with the 51st pick. Um, so those are just some notable names of the SEC. Uh, one guy that did not get drafted but signed a, a free agent deal was Nas Reed, also from LSU. So those two guys, we kind of thought they'd be NBA players. but
1: I could not believe Nas Reed did not get drafted. I just felt like he was, he's was. got a I, lot of potential. I
0: think I heard somewhere that he did, at the combine, he did three reps on the bench yes. press or something like that. Well, I think that.
1: Three, three reps at 185, which... To the common folk, still seems like probably pretty decent, but for a oh, professional athlete, and yeah, he's massive. So just, I'm not sure what he got. Maybe he bored was over or it. Something or yeah. something. <laughs> but uh, I still am not sure that that's a great representation of the athlete he is. I think he can move insanely well for his size and can do a lot of stuff on the floor. He's a guy so. that could
0: potentially dominate the Summer League as well.
1: Yeah. So that, that's an interesting storyline. And Tremont Waters is a guy who get drafted who's basically almost the complete opposite. Like, he's yeah. a, a small, quick guy. But, I mean, obviously we've, we've seen the NBA now, I mean, prioritize not only uh, kind of the unknown and the potential, but just someone who can shoot. I mean, mm-hmm. Tyler Hero, I mean, obviously one guy who can just knock everything down. So he looks like a normal guy you'd see on the street somewhere, but he can makes everything.
0: So something that probably a lot of Mizzou fans haven't heard about is a guy named Jakinan Gant who got signed to what's called an Exhibit 10 contract by my Indiana Pacers. So, basically, that is the lowest of the low as far as NBA contracts. It's the minimum salary imaginable. Um, No bonuses tied to it unless they waive him and then he gets picked up by another team. But it's basically just... The cheapest way to invite somebody onto your summer league squad, and see what he can do. So I thought that was really interesting when I, I was just looking through the Pacers news, um, seeing what was going on. They're like Pacers uh, signed JaKeenan Grant to the summer league, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And it was kind of funny seeing uh, Pacers fans talk about him and like, uh, one guy was like, because the Pacers have Alize Johnson as well, and one guy on the message boards and stuff said. He basically looks like Alizé Johnson with a little bit more of a jumper. And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) okay. I I haven't
1: watched Gant play in like a couple years, but that's definitely not true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely... uh, Gant's definitely more of a finesse player. Obviously, he can shoot, I think, a ton better than Alizé ever could. So um, that'll be really interesting. I mean, that's uh, another great reason for me to want to watch the Pacer Summer League. Aside from being a Pacers fan, getting to see what Jaquin and Gant can do.
1: Yeah, another classic example of the guy who left Mizzou and was really successful in yeah. another situation. Yeah.
0: Um, one other interesting note is Juwan Morgan uh, from right here in Waynesville, Missouri. He played all four years at Indiana and signed an undrafted free agent deal as well. I want to say that was with the Wizards, but I'm not sure about that. So yeah, he's playing he was, in the Summer League.
1: He's a guy that really surprised me at how good he was in college I, I watched him play here in Springfield actually uh, his senior year of high school and just I mean I'm sure I think he was probably already committed to Indiana at that point yeah, he, so was. Maybe he was. Probably just, Tom Crean came and watched him he was probably just not interested in the game I was watching him uh, play but uh, he, he really was not impressive to me at all and then he goes to Indiana and I maybe didn't do a whole lot the first year or two and I even think Mizzou was recruiting him and I was kind of hoping he wouldn't end up there oh, yeah. because I was like I just don't think he's that impressive of a prospect but, you know, it ended up being an all-Big all Ten type player by the time he left Indiana.
0: All right. So, I think we waited long enough. We can talk about Jonte Porter. So, the draft came and went, and Jonte's name was not called. I think that basically surprised everyone. I mean, I was thinking for sure he'd get scooped up by somebody, like, in the around 50th, you know, at worst. Somebody just taking a flyer on a guy that you just don't expect much out of. But it didn't happen. Um, there also has not been any news about a, a free agent, an undrafted free agent deal. So obviously he wouldn't be able to play in the summer league or anything like that. So I think some teams probably think, what's the point? Exactly. You know, We're not going to be able to see him do anything.
1: Yeah. You just don't know what he's going to come back as now. And honestly, I, I was maybe a little surprised, but definitely wasn't super shocked that he didn't get drafted. I mean... There's a lot of really talented guys out there okay. that, that deserve an opportunity to play. And when Jante, it, w- it wasn't the first tear that, that got him undrafted. It was the second time around where he, um, I, I don't know, there's a couple different angles you could look at it. Maybe it's, he's injury prone or maybe he's, you know, not willing to listen to medical advice. I don't know. Maybe he's undisciplined. Right. Um, so there, there's a couple negative, negative angles that you could look at that situation from, but... Uh, it was just really, really unfortunate to, to to watch what's happened because we know what what he is when he, when he's healthy, but nobody can say, like, I know he's going to come back and, and be a really good player yeah. because there's just so much unknown.
0: Yeah, we'll always talk about that little glimpse that we saw at Mizzou Madness uh, right before his sophomore year that didn't happen, and that looked like an NBA player. Right. I mean, maybe not not an NBA all-star or, you know, anything like that, but... Definitely looked like an NBA player. Right. Did
1: you see pictures of him uh, just recently uh, around the time of the draft? He he looked super like thin and yeah. fit. Mm-hmm. And um, I
0: don't know. Yeah, I saw and Michael posted a video of him just like kind of shooting hoops and I don't know. That it's super unfortunate, but um, another angle to this whole thing was Mizzou basketball Twitter was in a frenzy the day after the draft, because there were some rumors and some uh, misinformation being uh, spread by some very reputable sources that kind of got everybody excited about a potential return to Missouri for Jonte. And I'll admit, I was very excited about the prospect of uh, what we're about to talk about, but apparently there has been a rule change proposed and basically accepted by the NCAA that would allow any undrafted underclassman after the draft has taken place to just go back to college mm-hmm. and play now that's what we saw on twitter was that there was a new rule that allowed that and i'm like i'm thinking how have i not heard about this until it's being put into effect like with an actual player so i was a little bit skeptical but also i was like okay i mean it's being tweeted by all the normal writers i usually read and um respect and everything. So I was kind of excited. And then it was announced that uh, Conzo Martin was about to have a press conference to talk about Jonte Porter. I'm like, okay, is this really all coming together right now? Like, is he just gonna, they don't have a scholarship, but his his dad is a university employee. So he could just be a walk-on and it wouldn't cost him anything. So all of this was going through my head. And then it was shut down hours later when the NCAA said, yeah, uh, we, we like this rule, but it's up to the NBA next time they have a collective bargaining agreement, they can pass it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was so definitely a, a, an exciting hour or so there where was just thinking about the, the potential of that happening. And But, you know, once, you know, we kind of, the situation died down, I kind of just was looking at it a little bit closer. I mean, it sounds crazy to say this, but I mean, would Mizzou really want him? I mean, if, and obviously if it's the walk-on situation, then I mean, why not? Yeah. But uh, I, I really think that at a certain point, Mizzou is just kind of tired of Michael and Jonte being, this sounds really uh, extreme, but kind of a, di- a distraction, and there's just, there was a lot of drama there, and I, who knows what was happening in the locker room, I don't know how much of a distraction it really was, it may not have been, I don't know, but I mean, does Mizzou really want John Tate to come back when there's so much unknown, and he really may not even play meaningful minutes, uh, like, at all, you know, in his yeah. junior year, right? Uh, but definitely was exciting to think about that that potentially happening.
0: I, how many times are we gonna I, I feel like that has to be it that has gotta be the last as time far as far as like we fall for some ridiculous yeah. <laughs> Porter <laughs> right. news I mean until
1: the next Porter gets old enough to play Division 1 college basketball exactly <laughs> we, um, then we're gonna hire Michael Porter Sr. back from wherever he goes and <laughs> I'm just kidding that's that's
0: a joke we'll hire Jonte as an assistant <laughs> yeah that it was kind of just crazy like I don't know I definitely got my hopes up but and then afterwards, like you said, you kind of like looking at everything and you're like, yeah, of course that, that didn't actually make sense. I mean, and, and even in a situation where that does happen, you're looking at a guy coming back, basically not playing the entire season. And then what? Maybe coming back in like April or March to play limited minutes. And then what? I mean, it just like it never really made that much sense, but there are still people we will hear about this one more time i believe because the way i understand it a player could theoretically return to school after a season has gone by is what i read so if he just
1: has a full off season of not playing anywhere in the nba or anything like that that would be the most so, just ridiculous. And I, and I,
0: once again, I don't even know if that's legitimate, but that was what I was reading. It's
1: very possible that we could hear, hear his name again. Yeah.
0: And just with the, uh, with the talent that's there and, you know, just the, what could be, I know a lot of fans are going to, every time that there's an opportunity, be like, well, well, what's John doing? Because I don't know. It looks like he's just going to rehab in Denver with Michael try to get back into playing shape and then hopefully be able to go through the combine and everything next year. I don't really know how that works I don't as far as a guy not getting drafted and then trying to go through the process again.
1: How many guys go through the combine three times? Probably not very
0: many. <laughs> Probably not. One thing that was I was kind of thinking about with like how, if that rule was put into place right now, I'm not sure how that would work because as far as the NBA is concerned, when a guy goes through the draft process and doesn't get drafted, he's a free agent, like, for the rest of his life, basically. I mean, in theory, this player could be 40 years old and some team could go, hey, we want to sign you to a con- to a contract. So I'm imagining a player going back to school and then it's like they're just tearing it up. And then it's like January 15th and the Chicago Bulls are like, hey, we want to sign you to a contract. <laughs> and they're just like, OK, see you at college. I'm going to the NBA now. So that would be, that's definitely, I think, the reason why it's in the NBA's court as far as what's going to happen next with that kind of rule change. But I also think it's interesting that NCAA is at a point where they're just like, we don't care anymore. Like, let them go back to school. Like, we, we're going to try to be the good guys for once and just say, yeah, let, let, let the players do whatever they want. It's up right. to the NBA.
1: Right, and... Uh yeah, in that situation, yes. But have you seen the uh, the recent legislation that they're trying to make it more difficult for guys to get waivers, yes. like within college transfers or whatever. Yes, that's an entire entirely different conversation. But so there's again the NCAA being like, yeah. can't well, make up their mind about what they want. Yeah, and
0: every every time they, it seems like for every one time they do something like progressive and player friendly. There's three other things Something where you're just like, balance it out. Well, why is this happening then? You're trying to be all, you know, player-friendly, but then you've got this, this, and this. Right. Not to mention ridiculous sanctions on Mizzou when that isn't matched by any other decision they've made in the last five years. Right. So. The NCAA is an interesting organization. I kind of look forward to the day where all the conferences just say, we're done with this, and we're going to create our own system. Yeah, um, anything else about Durante? Um I think it's definitely possible he could still get uh, a look as an undrafted free agent, but with him not being able to play any, any type of basketball, I mean, I just don't think a team is going to take a chance on that at this point.
1: I don't think so either.
0: Any other news or anything that we missed? We kind of rolled through everything pretty yeah, we quick. Did. But I should
1: delete something I'll think of like five seconds after we leave that I wanted to say. But for now, that's it.
0: And probably a news item is going to break like <laughs> at 8 <laughs> o'clock tonight. There's going to be a commitment started. that we missed. Exactly. Go ahead and send us out, I guess. All right.
1: I'll send us out. Uh, you can find uh, this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on Twitter. You should definitely tweet us at Missouri Sports Pod. And you can email us at Missouri Sportspod at gmail.com.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert08. Thank you ever thank you everyone for listening. Be sure to go give us a review or a rating on whatever uh, format you listen to us on. Um, tweet at us your uh, takes, your hot takes on the NBA draft or on uh the Jante Porter situation. And other than that. We're going to have a little tweak to the schedule Um, in two weeks. We're going to be recording on a Tuesday. Um, So it'll just be a little bit earlier that week. But other than that, we will see you in two weeks.